Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Where you are getting frustrated with your own sin, you know, you've been trying and trying to get out of this pattern or to break out of this this sin that has a hold on your life and and you're, you're reaching out for some help. I can understand that. Maybe like me, when I came to Christ, I, I just kept on making stupid decisions one after the other and you're here and you're like, yep, I just want that wisdom from God to kick in. I know he's promised wisdom and I just want that because I keep on making stupid choices. But maybe as well, you know, you see life through a bit of a negative lens. Maybe everything that you hear or um, directed at you or about your world, you know, you just filter through this negative, negative view and you're wanting a break from that. You're wanting to break out of that and you're wanting to see yourself how God sees you. I can imagine that maybe this is where you're coming from and asking these questions and you're wondering, what does faith in Jesus actually change? What should I be expecting on this journey? And so if you're there, if you're in that place of frustration or maybe it's comfort that you're looking for because you're feeling a bit hopeless this morning, I, I know that God wants to fill in that gap for you. He wants to first help you to understand, but he wants you to experience it as well. And so if I can tell you a bit about my story, when I first received Christ, I was, um, I was 12 years old, pretty sure I was 12 years old. It was at the end of year seven. Um, and I was just sitting in my room with my friend and we were playing. Um, and I just randomly out of the blue, we weren't even talking about Jesus or God or anything to do with Christianity. And I asked her, hey, can you lead me in that prayer that, that um, gets me connected with God, that, that gets me saved? She was like, yeah, sure. And so right then and there, we were sitting on my bed. I remember it as clear as day in my head. She led me in that salvation prayer, and it was an awesome moment for me. But you see, when I was 12 years old, um, that I had that moment, and, and I know that God came into my heart. Jesus came into my heart. He, forgave me, he forgave me rather of my sin um, and, and washed me clean from that. But the thing is, it was like for the next two years, my relationship with God was absent. It was like I had stalled. I, I, I wasn't experiencing that difference that I had come to know that there is when you have faith in, in Christ, especially because this friend of mine who led me to Christ, her family was family of Christians and, and I saw what joy they had. I saw what peace they had. And I knew that, you know, because we'd go f- over for meals or something, they'd pray to this God and I knew it must be because of this God. That's something that I don't have. And so and so over the next two years, I, I didn't experience that. Uh, it was just, I don't know, there was this gap. I wasn't living in the freedom that I knew was mine in Christ. And so I look back over those two years and, and I try to think what happened what, or what didn't happen over those two years? What was I missing? And so I, I thought about it and I could only assume that my friend who was two years younger than me, so she was a 10-year-old leading a 12-year-old to Christ. How awesome, a 10-year-old. I love it when kids do that. It's so good. But I can imagine that she wouldn't really know how to lead a 12-year-old into what next in, in, in my relationship with God. You know, maybe she didn't know, oh, hey, join a small group. Hey, start reading your Bible. These are good books to read. You know, she might not have known how to guide me in that way. And that's cool. But two years later, it was then that I 
got regular, or got regular, I became regular at a church. I went to um, Perth Christian Life Centre, now it's called Life City Church. And that church... um, valued discipleship and especially of all ages you know they they ministered to kids to youth young adults and older people as well Um, and so I went to a house where they valued discipleship and so through that I began to grow my relationship with God grew as I attended youth ministry as I got involved with a small group how many of you are in a lift group Yes, loving lift group life. I love lift groups. They're awesome. Um, I hope you're getting out of them as much as I did when I attended small groups. Um, So I started to attend and I started to grow in my faith. And so looking back, I think there was this environment that I placed myself in and that is what helped me to grow. And, you know, maybe you come to church and you attend a lift group and you think, as long as I'm in this environment, I'm going to grow. I'm going to be all good. But can I tell you, there's something really special that happens in these environments that you might not know is what actually causes you to grow. There's something more to it than just being in the right place. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. And that, um, that process what I want to talk to you about is a process called sanctification. Now, when I, was, when I first gave my heart to Christ, I made the decision. And in that moment, the Bible says that we become justified. When we receive Christ into our heart, God calls us justified. But it was two years later that I actually stepped into this process called sanctification. And what sanctification means... Big word, but all it means is that you're becoming more like Christ. It's the process of growing in His likeness. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we're going to be answering those questions um, as well. How awesome. Multitasking. I love it. Let me find where I am. Um, Cool. All right, so I want to unpack these terms a little bit because, yeah, I I understand you're like, I'm here at church, I don't want to be learning new jargon and all of that, but it's really easy to understand. So first we're going to hit up the word justification and, and what that means. Basically when, actually we do this every experience. If you've been coming to Lift Church, you know that at the end of every experience we give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ. And so what we are doing in that moment isn't just giving you an invitation to know God as your personal Lord and Saviour, but we're actually giving you an invitation to step out from one place into another. See, what happens is before you know Christ as your Lord and Saviour, the Bible talks about you being a slave to sin. Okay, so that's the authority that you dwell under. And I know many people don't recognize that and don't um, believe that even. And they think sin, actually living out your desires and in sin is a big party. Well, the Bible tells us that you're actually a slave to sin. And sin never promises us freedom. It never promises us peace. It never promises us joy. But all it promises us is destruction and, and things that steal away from us living an abundant life. And so that's us before Christ. That's where we live. Sorry to be standing here like, like this is what represents. No, I'm joking. Um, no. <laughs> These guys are great. I love them. So that's, that's where you are. And the Bible talks about it as this is your legal standing. This is like we, we understand authority as a human kind of thought up concept, right? We think 
authority and all that kind of stuff in an earthly way. But actually, God is the one that instituted authority. And so how it works in the spirit realm is that um, there is authority and there's legalities and there's structures and things like that. And so we are legally in a place where we're not right with God. Our, our relationship is severed from Him. We are distant from Him. There's no they, way that we can bridge that gap in our own, um, in our own ability. And so we are not right with God. And the Bible talks about how the wages for that, the cost of that is sin and it's death and it's separation from God for all eternity. But in that moment where we give our heart to Christ and it doesn't matter how you do it, where you do it, I gave my heart to Christ in my bedroom. You might do it here in this experience today or maybe you have done it at church once by putting your hand up. It doesn't matter how you do it, but the moment that you do it, God, the judge, actually comes and says, I declare you right with me. I declare you righteous. You were unrighteous, but now your legal standing is righteousness. And I've declared you justified because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's not through you making your own way, but it's actually God seeing you through His Son who paid the price for sin. His death and His resurrection was enough. It paid the price for sin for all of eternity, for all of humanity, for every person to step foot on this earth. He paid the price. And so God sees you through Jesus Christ and He calls you right with Him. That's what happens in that moment of salvation where you are justified. And so we're going to just camp for a moment here to answer that question, can I lose my salvation? And hey, this morning, if you're worried about this, if you're, if you're feeling restless about this or, or sad for another person, this is where you can find hope. Can I lose my salvation? Some people worry that, you know, when I fall into bad old habits, bad habits again, have I lost my salvation or... <coughs> You might be um, thinking about that person that you know who gave their heart to Christ. They went through that experience of being justified, but because they've walked away, does, is that evidence of them losing their salvation? The Bible is very clear, and, and honestly, I think it's just the Father heart of God. He wants to comfort us. But in John, what is it? John 10. 27, Jesus is talking to us as the good shepherd and we are his sheep. This is what he says in this passage. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life like we just talked about and they will never perish, never perish. So he's talking about how I've, I've because of Jesus, you once were perishing, but now because of Jesus, you have eternal life and you will never perish. And he goes on to say, no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. My father who has given them to me is greater than all, greater than any other influence, greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. So this is the promise that we have. This is the comfort that we have. Can we lose our salvation I don't believe we can because once God calls us justified, we become His. He actually legally adopts us. It's kind of like when you get married, you sign, you sign your life away when you sign on that line. It's done. And so in the same way, God calls you His own. He won't lose you out of His hand, but He holds you. He protects you. He knows you. He knows where you're at and He will never let you go, nor will He let anything else snatch you or your loved ones out of His hand. 
hand. I love it. You know, another thing that we sometimes get worried about is when we do walk away from God. Um, and then we come back and maybe we know some people who walk away, come back. And even in our life, we know we have that pattern. Maybe we're good at rocking up to church and, and showing that we're here. Hey, I'm still, I'm still a Christian. I'm still saved. I'm still living a godly life. But you know in your heart, you walk away and then you come back. You walk away and you come back. But what I love about what God says in, his, in the Word, in Romans 6, He assures us that What he did when he calls us justified, he calls us justified once for all time. Let's take a look. Romans 6, 9 to 10 says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And again, Romans 4.25 says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We need to know that when God calls us justified, that it is complete. It is perfected in that moment. We don't then need to um, grovel and, and, and beg our way into salvation. But God says, no, it's done. It's done because Christ died once for all. And so in that moment, you are justified once for all. You then don't have to go back into trying to earn your salvation, but it's done. And it's done not because you have gotten yourself all together or you scrubbed up or you keep attending church it's done because of my son and it's done because I just want to call you justified I want you to be my son I want you to be my daughter it's done because of me not because of your own doing how awesome is our God come on why don't we just give God some praise this morning because we need to you need to you need to do it for yourself come on come on we serve a good God We serve a good God. And so if you were to ask me, can I lose my salvation? I would say, no, not a flipping chance. Because when God calls you justified, it is done once for all. And he is a good father. He's a good shepherd. And he doesn't let anyone snatch you out of his hands or anything. So he looks after you. All right. So you needed to understand what justification means because we're moving on from there. So... You see, for me at 12 years old, I was justified. That happened. And for all of you who've made a decision to follow Christ, did you know that that has happened for you? Did you know that you came from being a slave to sin to a being a slave to a far better master. You're now God's child. You belong to him. I don't know if you realize that, but man, when I realized that, oh, I rejoice. It's awesome. But the thing is, if we continue to live our life at this place where we're justified and that's amazing it has to start there but what happens is that we can actually fall back into old ways as if we were slaves to sin again and so we need to actually go on this journey called sanctification which means becoming more like Christ we need to go on that journey otherwise we we find ourselves asking asking that question of why do I still struggle so much with sin That's what happens when we don't actually move from justified to sanctified. Now let's take a look at a bit more about sanctification so we can understand it a little better. So what we need to know 
when we're asking the question, why do I still struggle with sin? With sins. The thing is, the comfort, I guess, that we can take from this is that sanctification is a continuous process throughout our life. When we are justified, that's completed in that moment. But for us to be sanctified, that's a process we go through throughout our life. And the Bible talks about how when we die and go to heaven, when we're in Jesus's presence, we will be completely sanctified. It's, it's actually called glorification. We become completely glorified. We will be perfect in body, soul, spirit. It'll be amazing that day. But right now, while we're here on earth, can I just tell you, you will still sin. You will still sin. Why? Because we're still becoming like Christ. But the great thing is that what sanctification does is that it changes our internal uh, condition, our, our yeah, internal condition. So as we are changing, as we are becoming more like Christ, then our struggle with sin should be different. It can look different if you want it to. So before Christ, you may have yeah, really struggled with sin and you would notice that it has a hold on you um, it, yeah, it has a hold and a grip on your life. But when you give your heart to Jesus, the thing is he, he paid the price for your freedom. And so that, that grip no longer has to be on your life. But in fact, you can live free from sin. But free from sin doesn't automatically mean that you won't stop sinning. It just means that you don't have to struggle with sin the way that you used to. But in Christ, you can be set free. So it's a continuous thing throughout our life. Our internal condition changes so that the more that we change on the inside, the more freer we become. Let's take a look at some scripture to talk about this. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. This is talking about when we see Jesus face to face in heaven. Then we will be like him. We only see in part right now. We can only become so much like Jesus right now here on earth. But when we are in heaven, that's when the process is completed. Romans 6, 17 says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. God talks about this, this condition of the heart that changes. He doesn't want us to go through behavior modification, but our heart is still gripped with sin. Our heart is still as if it is a slave to sin. No, that's not his desire for us, but he longs to change our internal condition. And through that, freedom from sin comes into our life. So, So for those of you who, maybe you've come from a really rough background. Maybe you haven't um, had, I don't know, I think it's a pretty cool privilege to come from a background where your parents are saved or, um, you know, they've grown up Christians and they were able to help you lay that foundation as a child. If you don't have that background, can I say that that's okay, that God doesn't judge you for that and he doesn't expect you to be um, further along in your sanctification than where you're at. He doesn't condemn us in that way. But the awesome thing is that God... Um, 
God wills us to cooperate with Him. So it doesn't matter what background you have come from. He says, I can still make you clean. I can still set you free from sin. It, you know, and, and in fact, I think God really wants us to separate ourselves from comparing to one another that, you know, that person struggles with sin less, you know, and so it makes me feel condemned. It makes me feel bad about myself, but that's not God's desire for His children, that we shouldn't be um, comparing and contrasting our journeys but he actually allows us through cooperating with him that we're able to grow on this journey as much as as we cooperate with him. It says in 2 Timothy 2, 20, verse 21. Let me say that again. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. Lots of twos. Says, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay some for honourable use, some for dishonourable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonourable, he will be a vessel for honourable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Now we read scriptures like that, maybe without the understanding of sanctification as a process. We read it and we think, that's really unfair. Like we read it in, in when we're looking at ourselves justified and the thing is with justification is that it's equal amongst all Christians. Every person is, you're just equally justified. But this scripture is actually talking about sanctification, how some people in cooperation with God can walk away from things that were dishonorable, can walk away from their sin, be made into honorable vessels and be useful for God's work. And I just find this really cool because it's like God settles the playing field. He says, you know what, as long as we're cooperating, you don't need to worry about whether you're a dishonorable vessel or not, but I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to wash you up. I'm going to set you free from your sin and you will be useful to me. I'm your new master and you will be useful to me. So you don't have to worry about this. You don't need to compare. This isn't God playing favorites, but it's through our cooperation with him that we can go from being dishonorable vessels and hey, we all started like that, but we can go on this journey of sanctification to become honourable, honourable, I love it, honourable vessels for God's use. And you know, it's awesome because yeah, the Bible talks about how we cooperate with God, but the thing is what we need to know, and, and often I come from this place of God, I, I need you to know what I can offer you. I need you to know that I'm doing my part. But I really sensed this morning that God wanted to say, hold up, before you come to me with what you want to bring to me, you need to know that I am first coming to you, that I am first working my part. And I love that in the Bible, it talks about that God not only helps us, wills us to want to be sanctified, but he actually does the work for us as well. I love it. It's so good. Let's see where it says that. Um, yes, Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you. So he's the one working in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so before, you know, this morning we have a chance to respond or anything like that, you've got to understand that God is the one at work in you. You don't, just like how we didn't have to earn salvation, we didn't have to earn our justification. But in the same way, through sanctification, we need to lean into the fact that God is the one that wills us. He helps us to desire. Because sometimes it's a lot easier to desire sin, isn't it? 
Sin always looks more tempting. It always looks like the better option. And it's sometimes hard to desire what God's will is and what what He wants to see in and through our life. But He wills us. And then He does the work in us as well. You know, somebody came to me once and said, you shouldn't start poking around in your heart um, in areas that God hasn't highlighted yet because He's the one that does the work. You can't soul search yourself and find yourself and all that kind of finding yourself stuff, but actually do it in cooperation with God and that will lead you to a place of wholeness. That will lead you to a place of freedom. And I think those were really wise words that we've got to understand that God's the one that works. We don't understand how our spirit works. We don't understand how our soul works, but God knows and He's the one at work in your heart. I love it. So how do we cooperate with God? Romans 6.13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, because we have, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. You see, when we were sinners, when we were yet to be justified, we offer ourselves to the sinful life. We... we we're all in, you know, like everything, not everything we did, but um, we would present ourselves to those opportunities. Why? Because we didn't know yet, Jesus. We didn't know yet that there was a better life for us, that there was a life of righteousness there for us. But once we become justified, once we've gone through that and are now being sanctified, we need to continue to present ourselves to God. We, you know, going from, God, I used to do this, but now I want to actually present myself to you in this way. I want you to be able to come in and wash me clean and use me for your works. I want to present myself to you. And this morning, really quickly, how do we do that? How do we present ourselves to God? The Bible talks about um, kind of us having an active and also a passive way of presenting ourselves to God. And the active way is washing yourself with the truth from the Word of God. I love that scripture, how it talks about that. Wash yourself with the truth from the Word of God. So that's you actively making a time, making a time in your schedule, in your busy day. I know we live full lives in this century, but make that time. Wash yourself with the truth from the Word of God. And hey, if you're struggling with your Bible reading because you're like reading in Genesis and you're kind of like, how does this apply to me? How do I wash myself in God's truth through this? Come and have a chat. We can point you to a book of the Bible where it talks about developing godly character. It can talk about things of, you know, letting go of sin and walking in the freedom in Christ. Just come and have a chat. This is what family is about. We can point you in the right direction. Haven't lost my train of thought. Haven't lost it. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. (laughs) Awesome. I think you guys got to help me out. Where was I going with that? Wash yourself. That's right. So that's our active part. That's our active part. Don't you love it when it snaps back into place? You're like, yes, bingo. All right. Okay. So that's our active way that we do. We get into God's word. We, we read devotionals. We pray. We, um, we get active about our life. But the second thing that we can do that maybe is, is a bit less practical, I guess, but the Bible talks about trusting in God. And the way that you can get practical about that is to pray. 
to pray prayers where you're just bouncing everything back to God and saying, hey God, this is what's going on. This is what's going on in my mind, in my heart, or in the physical, you know, what's going on at work or in my family. But God, I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust you. Why? Because you justified me. I could not do that myself. You justified me. But now you're taking me on a journey where if I just yield to you, if I just trust in you, you are gonna surely sanctify me. You're gonna make me to be more like Christ and you're gonna set me free from sin. This morning, I just wanna ask the band to come up. Fantastic. We've got some time and I wanted us to have some time because the way we're gonna respond this morning isn't a you opt in. It's gonna be more of a you opt out. Because the way that I see sanctification is that you've already opted into it. You actually have. When you made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, when you were called justified, now you're opted in to this process of becoming more like Christ. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And so this morning, what I actually want us to do, if everyone can stand. As I was praying into this, could you help me? As I was just praying into how we would respond to God's word this morning, I saw a picture of all of us at the altar here. And what we were doing is we were worshiping God. We were placing our trust back into God, back into his hands. And so this morning, if this is something you really don't want, then I want you to stay in your seats. But if not, if this is something you want to do, then I want you to come out. What is this something that I'm talking to you about? It's sanctification. If you want to be on this journey of becoming more like Christ, if you have gotten to the end of yourself and maybe you're discouraged about why you still struggle with sin, I want you this morning to take a brave, bold step. And I believe this is all of us because we're not yet perfect, right? That only happens in heaven. But this morning we are going to, as as we step out, it's going to be a declaration to God that we are wanting to present ourselves again to Him. You know, maybe you've been walking not with God recently, but you're wanting to come back. You're wanting to say, hey, God, I'm yours. I want to present myself to you to become a vessel of honour. I want to be used by you, my new master, my master that has set me free from sin. I want to be your vessel. And so this morning, you know, right now, let's do that. Come forward, and like I said, if you don't want this, then I want you to stay. But if not, come forward. I'm going to be leading the charge. I'll be here. Um, but as we worship, focus in on that time of putting your trust back into God. You're saying, God, I'm a yielded vessel. I'm ready for your sanctification. I'm ready for you to be setting me free. So if you want to do that, do that right now. Come on, come join me out the front. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.